August 20th. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning at verse 27. And we'll go through chapter 13, verse 13. Very a famous chapter in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, this so-called hymn to love was Paul's prescription for solving the sickness in the church body in Corinth. The believers had spiritual gifts, but they lacked spiritual graces and needed to be reminded why love is so important in the Christian life. Love puts quality into service. When you have love, your words and actions amount to something, and they actually help other people. Love also puts maturity into character. Now, the Corinthians were impatient with each other, suing each other, tolerating sin in the church, and creating problems because they did not have love. You see, whatever qualities you may have, they are nothing without love. That's why Christ says, apart from me, the God who is love, you can do nothing. See, love puts eternity into life. Love lasts, and what love does will last. Love is the greatest and does the greatest because God is love. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. August 20th, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, through chapter 13, verse 13. Now all of you believers together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Here is a list of some of the members that God has placed in the body of Christ. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who can get others to work together, those who speak in unknown languages. Is everyone an apostle? Of course not. Is everyone a prophet? No. Are all teachers? Does everyone have the power to do miracles? Does everyone have the gift of healing? Of course not. Does God give all of us the ability to speak in unknown languages? Can everyone interpret unknown languages? No. And in any event, you should desire the most helpful gifts. First, however, let me tell you about something else that is better than any of them. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I knew all the mysteries of the future, and knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would I be? And if I had the gift of faith, so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move, without love, I would be no good to anybody. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would be of no value whatsoever. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. 
love will last forever. But prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will all disappear. Now we know only a little, and even the gift of prophecy reveals little. But when the end comes, these special gifts will all disappear. It's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly as in a poor mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me now. There are three things that will endure, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It says, come, all who are thirsty. Stop right there. The first thing I want us to see is that this invitation is for a specific type of person. It doesn't just say come. It says, come, all who are thirsty. Meaning, if you're not thirsty, don't come. This invitation is not for the complacent. This invitation, this calling, is for the desperate people. You're desperate. You're, you're dehydrated. And you're, you, there's this watering sensation in your mouth. And so if you read it again, it's, it's come the people who crave. The people who are desperate. This invitation is not for a complacent Christian. It's for someone who's in dire need. Psalm 42 verse 1 through 2 it says, As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go meet Remember the days, you know, that when you first thirsted and you just couldn't wait to meet with God. Like where, you know, like you're just so, like you crave it so much that you just, you can't wait to just go read. You can't wait, you know, to just be alone with Him. I guess the question for this first part when it says, come all who are thirsty, what I ask myself is, how do you want God? And then it says, why are you laboring on what does not satisfy? The next question is, what are you doing with your time? Like, what do you spend your time doing? What are you spending your time on? And the things that you're spending your time on, does that really satisfy? Or is it going to leave you dry? Psalm 90, if you look at verse 5 and 6, it talks about us being people who are going to just waste away. We're going to come and go. We're that fragile. We're like grass. He describes us as grass. And then later in verse 12, he says, So number your days aright that you may gain a heart of wisdom. Meaning, don't waste your time fiddling with this or just doing this or doing nothing. Come to me. The last two verses, we'll see it. It, it says this. So we just saw a bunch of things. It's, a, it's simple. It's just, hey, come to me. Come get from me. Or just come be close to me. And these are all, this is, what, this is what's going to happen. You'll be decked out like David. You'll be filled with water, food, milk, honey, and whatever you need. Your soul will delight in the riches of Pharaoh. And then he says this, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Now please notice, while he may be found. This is how we know this is an opportunity. Now this opportunity, what kind of riveted me was it could end tomorrow. This opportunity could end tonight. You don't know. The Bible tells me you and me are like grass. Don't waste your time. Like don't waste it. Don't waste all your investments. Don't waste every little bit of it. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. 
And then it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, mercy on him, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. But I just want to close with that in verse 6. Like, do this while you have the chance. Don't waste your time. The only wrong time is next time if you're thinking about getting close to Jesus. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11. Now this psalm shares the wisdom of an old man who had walked with the Lord. He had battled with evil men and knew the frustrations of seeing the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. As he reviewed the past, he gave some wise counsel to keep us from fretting against the Lord when things are not going the way we want them to go. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. In Hebrew, be silent to God and let Him mold thee. Keep still and He will mold thee to the right shape. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11, a Psalm of David. Don't worry about the wicked. Don't envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like springtime flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence as clear as the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper, or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop your anger. Turn from your rage. Do not envy others. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. In a little while, the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone those who are gentle and lowly will possess the land. They will live in prosperous security. Proverbs 21, verses 23 and 24. If you keep your mouth shut, you will stay out of trouble. Mockers are proud and haughty. They act with boundless arrogance. Proverbs 21, 